0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Body License Podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Sito.
1: Bilal, it's been quite an interesting week, and I have to start this show by asking, how are you?
0: I'm doing amazing, Trenton. I, words cannot explain how, how well I'm doing right now. Thank you for asking. How are you, Trenton?
1: I'm doing absolutely fantastic as always, but even even a little more fantastic just because of that Bears win that we had this past week.
0: Man, I can't wait till we get to discussing that show. There's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun segment. But why don't we kick off this week's NFL news segment with some news about kickers?
0: It's never really good when the kickers are the first thing we're leading in with, <laughs> is it?
1: How about when we're leading with the Jets? The kicker for the Jets, Sergio Castillo, was released after missing three field goals against the Seahawks, which is quite a shame.
0: But when you look at it from the overall perspective, the Jets only scored three points against the Seahawks. So basically, he's also the guy responsible for not allowing the Jets to get a, to get shut out.
1: That's true. Um and man, that's how what, you
0: treat that's how you treat the guy who, Yeah,
1: that's that's how you treat the guy who scored the most points for you on offense.
0: Or maybe they were mad that he he made that one field goal. Maybe they're saying we're going we're gonna go all in sixteen anyway. Let's just get <laughs> shut out while we're at it. Maybe maybe that's the reasoning.
1: Or uh maybe he just wants to, to get off the sinking ship before it finally sinks. That's a that's an idea too. Uh moving on, the Vikings are not gonna name their kicker for the upcoming game against the Bears yet. Dan Bailey has missed four field goals and three extra points in his last two games.
0: Personally if you're asking me, I'm hoping they keep him on and he continues to miss a few more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean I'm gonna it's... take it where
0: I can get it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's not been good for Dan Bailey, who was... No, it hasn't. He once been the most accurate kicker, or one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL. Um, right now, he is at a career low of 66.7% of his field goal attempts.
0: Yeah, that's not good for a kicker. I mean, usually <laughs> low for a kicker comes out to 85%. 80s, yeah. Maybe um, 70s or something, but uh, in... I mean, again, it's unfortunate for him. He's like you just said; he's one of the best kickers to ever do it. Back when he played for Dallas, and I mean, every player has its their up and downs. I mean, we should know. We've had kickers in the past recent in the recent years here in Chicago who have not done so well, and it's cost us. So we feel the pain, but uh, it it helps when it's not the not your team. <laughs> yeah. Now, thankfully. And uh, a familiar voice here, Trenton, is making the rounds, interviewing for a couple of GM jobs. Lewis Riddick of uh, Monday Night Football, I think you may have heard of him. He's, yes. He's interviewing for the Te- Texans' GM job on Wednesday and Lions on Friday.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a good opportunity for him to, to get back in a NFL front office.
0: uh, He's been away for a few years in the booth. Yeah,
1: that's a a good point. But, you know, maybe maybe it's helped him out there. And you might be able to say that being in the booth has helped out John Gruden.
0: It's very true. I mean, you've seen that change happen uh, recently. You had John Lynch go to the Niners. He's had success there for the most part. You had uh, Mike Mayock go to the Raiders even though he wasn't in the i mean he was in the booth back in 2010 2011 time in that time he used to call the thursday night football games back when it was exclusively on uh, nfl network but he's had some time in the booth but he's had an outsider's perspective checking in on every team especially when it comes to the draft so that's helped the raiders out a little bit um you're right. I mean, someone having that experience going to every team, almost every team, some teams twice a year, as an announcer, it gives you a perspective that otherwise you don't have, and it's proven successful. So we'll see where it goes. One thing is for sure that both these teams really need a change in management, and they really need it fast because there's a lot of talent on these two teams, and that can easily get wasted if they don't have the
1: right people in charge. Yeah, that's a a very good point. All right, let's move on to injury news. This week seems to have a little bit more injury news than uh, than typical. Why don't we dive right into it? Matthew Stafford is questionable with some broken cartilage between his ribs. He was held out on Tuesday from practice.
0: Yeah, um, he took a big hit against the Packers this week, and Right when they really needed him too, because they had to put in Chase Daniel, and I mean Chase Daniel is a capable backup quarterback, but he, in this moment, just could not handle the situation that came came for him because the Packers were just too good.
1: Yeah, I mean, in his career, when is there not a moment that Matthew Stafford is getting absolutely squished?
0: Which is unfortunate, though. I mean, he's been on some really bad Lions teams, and he's been hurt. So part of me feels that we haven't even gotten the full potential out of Matthew Stafford. But the years that we have, he hasn't really delivered completely. Like they make the playoffs, but then they haven't won a playoff game since, like, the early 90s. And this was a year where you... I don't know, at one point... They started off bad, but then they had, like, a nice little run where you think the Lions could do something. But the Lions just are the Lions again, so.
1: Yeah. Um, but, man, speaking of, of tough players, Frank Ragnow, who is the center for the Detroit Lions, fractured his throat in the first quarter against the Packers. He didn't miss a snap, um, and he, he didn't practice on Wednesday according to the team doctor, his, his airway is fine. So it's not that he's, he's okay breathing and he can, he can swallow food as well. Um, but he's just not supposed to talk, which is
0: kind of important. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, put football aside here. When you first hear about this, you're like, how do you fracture your throat? How does that work? But, uh, no, this is serious, man, and uh, just hope that he has a quick recovery. But the fact that he continued to play the whole game,
1: like, yeah,
0: in the first that's... quarter, and if I, yeah, if I, if I was to get hurt somewhere, I would definitely be out for some time, maybe the rest of the game. But uh, it's uh, it's really unusual. But hopefully, he just takes it easy for a little bit and he. Doesn't have to – doesn't come back and rush these things, hopefully, because the center is the quarterback, an additional quarterback on the offense. Like, they are making all the adjustments and stuff, so and he's probably going to have to speak.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, definitely important for his job. Continuing on, the Saints have designated Drew Brees to return from IR, and he might be able to play against the Chiefs. Although I don't know, you think you think he's gonna make it back?
0: If he's good enough to play, then yeah, he's come back. Because the uh, I mean, for the most part, the past couple of years, the Saints have won without him. But then you saw what happened last week, and in general, Taysom Hill is not a. How do I put this? He is not a quarterback, per se, in a way. He is the quarterback, but he isn't a quarterback. He, he he does well in his old position of the Swiss Army knife. I believe, I still believe this, that at the beginning of this whole situation, they, they should have put in Jameis Winston. I, I know Jameis has been Jameis, which is a turnover machine, but he's had time to study under Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and he you would think logically that he would evolve to a different type of a more improved player. But again, I'm thinking that Drew Brees gives the Saints the best chance to win the game and in a situation where probably would like to win a few more games before the playoffs hit. Um, and especially to win the, win that division because you don't want to give Tampa any chances to win. Yeah. Drew Brees is the best option he should play.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, after their loss to the Eagles in the previous week, the Saints really, really need another win. Um, and Drew Brees, I think, definitely gives them the the best chance at that. No offense to Taysom Hill, of course. Continuing on with the injury news, Alex Smith suffered a calf strain in his previous game, and he did not practice on Wednesday.
0: I mean – when it comes to injuries and Alex Smith, everyone's got to hold their breath just because of how much history this guy has gone through with an injury. And apparently, I think this is the same leg, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I believe so, but he said that it's it's not related. So that's, so that's good. good. That's good. Yeah.
0: Um, hey, it's been uh, it's been a brutal week for a lot of people too. So I just hope he feels good enough to play because he's been putting on – pretty good performances the past few weeks. so
1: Yeah, he's definitely lending his veteran presence to that team.
0: And Washington on the verge of playoffs.
1: Because playoffs!
0: Playoffs! It's almost there, Trenton. Almost almost. And the NFC East has actually been playing decently well the past few weeks. So maybe they've heard us making all those jokes at them. And- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could be. If that's where they get their motivation, then, then good for them. Moving on to the NFC West, we're looking at the 49ers who have designated George Kittle to return from IR. Uh, the team has three weeks to decide whether they want to activate him for regular season games. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not making the playoffs probably this year. Um, do, do they want to rush George Kittle back in? Do they want to let him sit out the rest of the year? I don't know.
0: That's why we're not paid to make those decisions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. Um, and for the Patriots, Julian Edelman returned to practice on Wednesday. It's been a little brutal without him there as a wide receiver. Cam Newton hasn't really had anybody else to throw to. But uh, Julian Edelman, welcome back, maybe.
0: think like the story with the Patriots is that they've never had anyone to throw to except Edelman. And once he goes down <laughs> – once he goes down, that whole team goes down. Hey, yeah, we got some good news here, though. There are not many COVID-related situations t- taking place this week, so that's a bright sign. But uh, the league has started basically putting together postseason protocols because we're, as you've mentioned earlier, we're getting close to the postseason. And one of the main things that I took away is. Um, the housing policy, basically. And they can't force anyone to stay in a hotel for a longer period of time, except I believe it's the night before the game, if they wanted to. So it's a whole detailed list. I'm glad that the league is taking – um taking – Can't do this today, man. I didn't actually read the, I didn't actually read the protocols. So, pause this. Three, two, one, go. And one thing that we've made sure to make a note to cover on every episode of this show is how the NFL is dealing with the overall COVID situation, which is still going on in our country despite trying we are getting people with vaccines now so there is a bright spot and people are getting vaccinated slowly but surely this thing will go away but in the meantime we have just one piece of news to cover this week which actually it's it's quite close to home because the Chicago Bears had an interesting situation at House, House Hall on Wednesday where the tests that they had sent in from the day before to get tested never actually made it to the lab. Now, what would you say about that?
1: I mean, that's uh, in, a, in a business where they, they're right now relying on quick analysis of the tests and, you know, rapid results. That's not good.
0: It's not good at all, Trenton. They, it messed up the entire day for the team. They had, uh, practice was originally started to be at 110, but it got pushed to roughly 330. They had to retest. They had to send everyone home to virtual meetings. And they called everyone back. Once it was, the all clear was given, then everyone was negative. So, I mean, it sums up like 2020 perfectly, but it also shows you how the team is able to deal with such adversity in a way um, they had a plan they had a schedule ready to go and they had to get ready. They had to throw that away and start over some, with something new based off of the situation they're put in so good for the team uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again or happen with any team like the courier who was supposed to deliver the tests to the lab never delivered the tests i mean that is your job to deliver the tests I mean, it's not the league's fault. It's not the, the Bears' fault that they've been cleared. It's the people who were supposed to deliver it never did it. So that's just that's just annoying. So it happens in this year, and it's probably going to happen again. I've I have to say, it, with some team in general, it's going to happen again. Moving on to another staple of the show, foul rankings. Now, predict Trenton before we go into this. Are we going to see much changes?
1: No. No? No. I don't think so. All right, let's dive into it.
0: And starting off at number one, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, who closed out the week before And also number one. The Packers moved up two spots from number four to number two. The Saints dropped one spot from the number two spot to the number three. The Bills moved up one spot to the number four previously number five Steelers dropped number f- to number five previously they number three uh, the Rams stayed at number six Seahawks stayed at seven. The Ravens moved up one spot to number eight. The Browns dropped one spot from eight to from eight to nine and the Colts moved up one spot from eleven to ten so basically you're right. Not much changing. The teams, again, what we noticed for the most part is that the teams stay the same. They either move one or two spots up and down. And the top 10 stays roughly where they're at. I mean, the Colts have just joined. So they're they're closing up the top 10 now. Is anything looking at this whole list as a whole, as you do every week, did anything surprise you?
1: uh definitely one thing that i found interesting was that the bucks were at number 10 last week and they actually dropped two spots to number 12 this week even though they won against the vikings in this past week so i definitely found that a little bit interesting um but it just goes to show you how how up and down the Bucks season has been this year
0: even when they're doing good they're not doing good enough I mean, I take it all back to the fact that there was no off-season program. There's a new team, new players, new quarterback. Gronk is new. Gronk came out of retirement to play. So, I still think the Bucks are good enough to possibly put up a wild-card spot unless the Saints completely collapse and then they take the division. Who knows? But we'll be seeing the Bucks in the playoffs on the road, which is usually not something you can say for a Tom Brady team that often. So, looking down the list, you see that the Washington team has moved up four spots from 19 to 15. So, it's a nice scene. And there really aren't that many big drops this week. Usually you see like a, six, a five or six point drop, but... For the most part, it's been pretty uh, stable. Except the biggest one here is the Texans. They dropped 20. No, sorry, they didn't drop 20. They dropped from 22 to 29. So that's a drop of 7. So that's the biggest one. I mean, honestly, compared to uh, what they put on the field last week, which I'm very happy about, obviously. <laughs> It was gonna happen. Yeah, and the the end of the group: Bengals, Jaguars, Jets. It's who you come to expect. Yeah, I mean the Jets benched Mike Glennon for Gardner Minshew this week. How bad you have to be to be one in twelve, and then you bench? You go from the guy, you bench him, then you bench, then you bring the new guy, then you bench the new guy. It's a mess, and yeah. it sums up Jacksonville for you. <laughs> <laughs> and closing out here, the Bears moved up three spots from twenty nine to twenty six. So, at least something came out of that. I find a find that these rankings are a little rough at times. I mean, the Bucks won; they still dropped two spots, but mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes from here. We had a. Uh, have a few games to cover here, don't we?
1: Yes, we do have a string of interesting games. Why don't we start with Browns and Ravens? Take it away. Yeah, another game that could potentially be called Game of the Year. This time against... Wait, 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 very... wait, 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 wait.
0: You calling the Browns in a Game of the Year situation?
1: I, I would, I would call this, yeah, possibly a game of the year.
0: Only 2020 could have done that to us.
1: <laughs> Continue. That's a good point. The Ravens won 47 to 42 against the Browns, but it's not the the high scoring affair or even how close the end score was that made this game absolutely crazy. It is that the game changing moment for this game was cramps. or was it or was it that's uh that's a good point. What are you thinking below?
0: All right, the video footage doesn't lie he the way he was running it seemed like uh, I mean okay, I get it. he's running with cleats on concrete, which is painful in itself, but he was moving pretty well in there trying to trying to get in the locker room and then just conveniently he shows up right at the right moment when they need him and he throws a touchdown something yeah. something's a lot of fission over there <laughs> didn't he really go in for what? cramps like okay if they, I, stick uh... a, if they stick an IV in him what do they do? do they just rip the IV out and like oh you gotta go back in I don't know, man.
1: None I mean, why, don't, why don't we go back to that moment? Yeah, um, Trace McSorley was placed on IR with a minor knee sprain that he that he sustained during that game, and it is uh it is that moment in the game with two minutes twelve seconds left, the the Ravens are down, and Trace McSorley goes down. For a negative three-yard run, his knee buckles a little bit. You know he gets injured, and uh, while he's lying there on the field, Lamar Jackson comes strolling out of the tunnel.
0: <laughs> Where have you been all game?
1: Oh, I was just yeah. in the
0: locker room with cramps. Yeah, right.
1: Oh, cramps. yeah. Oh, fourth, fourth and five. My backup went down. There's no other quarterback on the roster. I can come. I can come in and see what I can do. Throws a 44-yard touchdown.
0: I can tell you who that game was not a good game for. Trace McSorley.
1: Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it was was at the Browns Stadium. And, man, the field in that game looked atrocious. Like, everybody was slipping.
0: Maybe he had a – Changed the cleats in there too while he was in the locker. <laughs> could be. Yeah, like everyone was slipping.
1: And yeah. <laughs> someone's yeah. gonna do
0: something about that. I mean, players complain all the time about uh, field surfacing, but uh... all right. But just think about this though: the Browns could have put up a good fight in the whole game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I didn't pick them to win, but a lot of people did. So it was. Uh... It's interesting. I mean Baker he did throw out a pick six though, I believe. Or was that just a regular pick?
1: Uh it was almost a pick six.
0: Almost a pick six. That was close. Came out at what the one very close. One yard line roughly, yeah. And
1: about so, the one, yes.
0: I believe it was like five games in a row that he had gone without throwing a pick, so it was I mean he's shown improvement from where he had been the past couple of years. And I think this might be where the Browns a starting point right here for the Browns, for now and for the future. I think they, they they have some building here. And they are changing their reputation. I mean, they have been known as the laughingstock of the league for such a long time. And to some extent, we're still making jokes about them just because we can't believe how good they're doing. And you can't count the Browns out anymore. Like they had a chance to to win the game. But it just it just wasn't in their favor. And think about it though. Um The guy what does this name mean to you, Triton? Cody Parkey.
1: Oh. It it sends shivers down my spine.
0: <laughs> exactly. He misses a field goal and he misses an extra point. That adds up to four points. The Browns ended the game. And I could be making absolutely no sense at all right now, or this could not be adding up, but I'm thinking this. If the Browns ended up at the end of the game with 42 points, right? Add yes. those four points that were missed to that score. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, 46 points, which means that the Browns would never have been in that position it would have been 46-45 40, be Browns because the Browns would never have been in that position at the end of the game to run around, to try to make something happen, which caused two-point safety to happen, which, caused, which brought the Ravens to 47 points. So if this makes any sense, it is that Cody Parkey could have had the game at 46-45. If he had just made those four points.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very fair point. You, that makes total sense.
0: And so in the end, it comes down to Cody Parking missing <laughs> two field goals. So he better get ready to go back from today's show.
1: <laughs> yeah. a full depth, in-depth analysis. That's a, a very good analysis. All right. Uh, why don't we move on to Pittsburgh Steelers at Buffalo Bills. This was another game of two AFC giants, two AFC playoff teams, and only one came out of this game looking like a playoff team.
0: What happened to Steelers, Trenton?
1: Uh, what
0: happened? I don't know, but this. They is... were going undefeated. I thought we were <laughs> going to have like a sixteen and zero Pittsburgh team.
1: No, it was it was not meant to be. First, the Washington football team. Now the Buffalo Bills.
0: Are they going to end up the season eleven and five?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely hope they they don't. But um, how much of Robinson this is
0: how much of this is that the early part of the season just was a fluke in a way? How much of that early part of the season, that eleven and zero run, was legit? And how much it how much it was just luck?
1: Uh, I mean, there's always a little bit of luck involved in there, but the, the Steelers were definitely able to slip away with a lot of close wins leading up to uh, their first loss. Um, a lot of one score games, a lot of games that you know could have been decided by a field goal here and there. So it's 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 not like the steelers have been this team that is so dominant that nobody has a chance against them you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and they can't run the ball so then they're relying on Ben Roethlisberger which i think is a point you were just about to make before i cut you off earlier so please uh, please continue that think you mean, yeah, some interesting I mean, points
1: they they just you, you put it perfectly they can't run the ball um James Conner had 10 carries 18 yards Jalen Samuels four carries 15 yards Benny Snell junior three re-carries 14 yards and you know when you can't run the ball like that you look to Ben Roethlisberger who is you know one of the better passers when you think of quarterbacks who might have you know 300 400 500 yard passing performances Ben Roethlisberger is one of the names that that you think of but
0: usually when you have a guy throwing for that many yards you something else is wrong <laughs> yeah
1: um and ben roethlisberger threw two picks in this game mm-hmm. one of them was a yeah. pick six returned by the bills
0: that's what i got mixed up with from, ah, the,
1: from the cleveland game gotcha yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but it it just isn't clicking for the steelers right now not no. on offense not on defense
0: I mean, there's no doubt that I mean, the Steelers are going to the playoffs and everything, but there's a chance that the Browns come away with the division. And that means a home playoff game for the Browns, and the Steelers are on the road. And I would just be I mean, every team would be happy just to be in the playoffs, which the Steelers are but just being in a situation where the Steelers lose their standing like that is uh, really depressing. And at the same time, they're fighting for the number one spot, which now has put them a game behind the Chiefs. So in this situation, the number one spot is very valuable this year because only one team gets it out of each conference. So it'll be interesting to see where everything lines up. We still have uh, three more games to go. So it'll be – it's going to be a fight. And the Chiefs have to figure out who they want to be because they could easily – be knocked out of the first round of the playoffs if they played the way they've been the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Couldn't put it any better than you did.
0: All right, Trenton, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this next game. I I know it was just one game. No, it wasn't against that good of a team, as evidenced by the power rankings and just in general. But it was a win, Trenton. The Bears won. It's been so long.
1: (laughs) They won one game. It's been six weeks, hasn't it?
0: It has. And before you go any further, Trent, I got to play something right here. had to get out of the way. <laughs> Felt good like a moment had to do something to celebrate the win. And that song is perfect. So please uh, give me your analysis of what you saw of this Bears team and where are we going from here?
1: Man, the Bears game, the Bears team in this game looked absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, when you when you consider where the team was before this week, the offense was bad. The defense was not good either. Um, nothing well, was clicking.
0: Everyone was down.
1: Mm-hmm. Evident um, by my own Mario. <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden, Mitchell Trubisky comes in. He does okay against the Packers. He does much better against the Lions. And now in... In a game against a quarterback who he's always been mentioned in the same sentence with, Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky comes out on top.
0: In their very first game together. And think about it, though. Deshaun Watson got 100, over a $100 million contract at the start of the season. He's a great quarterback in general, but just still. On this day, on that field, Trubisky was the better quarterback by far. And just the yeah. performance he put together was perfect.
1: I mean, you, when you look at it, they have him under center. They have him in the shotgun.
0: They, they have him moving run, out to the sides.
1: Yeah, they run play action. They roll him out, moving pockets. And he's, he's hitting all his throws. He's making all the right reads. It was the absolute perfect game for him.
0: And, you know, like you said, they've been building up to this moment. Like, first game back in screen Bay. Decent success. I mean, could have been much better. But uh, next week in Detroit, could have won the game except for the one fumble. And this week, no turnovers. Put the ball in the end zone. The decisive, accurate. The run game, Trenton. That game.
1: Oh.
0: The game starts yeah. out with an eighty-yard touchdown run. I mean. What else can you ask for?
1: I, I didn't know David Montgomery had that kind of speed. In him. I don't think
0: Dave Montgomery knew he could have that speed. I thought he would have gotten caught. I actually thought he would have, he would have been stuffed. But no, he made it all the way.
1: Yeah, finally the running game is, is showing up. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's showing up now with Mitchell Trubisky as the starter instead of Nick Foles.
0: Yeah, because again, Nick Foles could never move out of the pocket. He was stuck. He was a statue. He threw the ball, and didn't even throw the ball that well all the time. But that's what he did. And Trubisky, the whole time, you are always having at least one or two guys hold back just a little bit because they know that Trubisky could run. And if they if he they break contained, then it's not good. So, all right, considering where the team is right now, and I think we're on an upward trajectory. That's just – and I'm not even looking at where the overall standings are, the records, just looking at the progress of this team. We're on an upward trajectory right now, and I think we can continue that because when you look at our next game that we have this week against the Vikings, this Bears team, in my view, which I'm assuming you'll agree with me on this, is not the same Bears team that played the Vikings. The week before Thanksgiving, like two weeks before Thanksgiving back in November. So this, the game Nick Foles got hurt in. And if this team was playing the same way that they are now back then, we would have beaten the Vikings. So. For sure. Thinking about that whole point is that if Mitch Trubisky did not get hurt when he did against the Saints, do you think he comes back from – he regain the starting job earlier than when he did?
1: I would hope so. Um, I mean, I feel like it's partially a, a pride thing on the part of Matt Nagy because, you know, he they were the ones who benched Mitchell Trubisky for Nick Foles, and it, it was Which him. was the
0: right call at the time.
1: Mm-hmm, right. Um, I believe it was. But they did bring in Nick Foles in the offseason to be – the guy, um, and they they firmly believed it themselves. And to see the offense struggle like that under Nick Foles, you know, I don't I don't know if if Matt Nagy would have had it within himself to be able to say, okay, we made a mistake there. Although, also to that point, Matt Nagy did give up play calling, exactly. which is something that he's exactly. never he's that's never what I was believe, doing yeah. before. So, um,
0: so he's he's not afraid to put the interests of the team above his own which is what you want from a head coach exactly right from your players your team i i do think that mitch trubisky would have been maybe two or three games in earlier before uh if he did not go down because he was out for like two weeks two three weeks so if he was he hypothetically speaking he could have been in um Who would we play after the Saints? We played the Titans after the Saints.
1: Uh, I f- after the Saints it was or might was have been before. the Rams.
0: Rams, I think. Gonna have to double check the schedule on the for a second here.
1: Um, I think it might have been the Rams. Um, I think
0: he s- comes in. No Rams before the Saints. Um, okay. Tennessee. I was right. Tennessee. We did not play. And we lost the game twenty-four to seventeen. We didn't play that well against Tennessee at all. So I think Trubisky comes in halfway through Tennessee. Possibly wins the game. Starts against Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was only nineteen to thirteen. So, and we had no offensive production during that game. The only. Major touchdown comes out of that game is Cordell pa- Cordell uh, I can't even say his name Cordell <laughs> Pat- Patterson Patterson's kickoff return so that that's the main production offensive production that came out of that game it was from him. So I'm thinking he comes in halfway through Tennessee, maybe wins the game, and keeps the job because we all know that Nick Foles right now is healthy and Nick Foles is the backup quarterback so. At this moment. so. Again, it's nice to see the Bears winning. Let's continue it. See where the season takes us. I mean, the chances of playoffs or anything major than that are low, statistically. But it's the NFL, and I am the eternal optimist. So <laughs> let us let us just hope. And if it doesn't work out, at least we win a few games. The winning, winning is good.
1: Winning is good.
0: Speaking of winning Trenton, we have some uh, predictions to make here, and you actually did better than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By one
0: game. Yeah, you did. But uh, so, how that help you out in your overall standings there?
1: Uh, it's now gotten me a little bit, just a little bit closer to where you are. Uh, you went ten and six last week. I went eleven and five. You have a season overall right now of 137, 70, and 1. And I have a season overall of 123, 84, and 1. So I'm uh, coming up slowly but surely.
0: Hey, we're going all the way until the last game, which is the Super Bowl. So we started, we're we going till February. So maybe there's a way you can make up a 14-game gap. <laughs> I prefer you didn't, obviously, but uh, who knows? We'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: All right, and this was a hard game, to hard week to pick. So let's see what uh see what we come up and if there's anything that we have a hard time pick um, discussing. So the Chargers at the Raiders.
1: Uh, neither team has looked very good as of late, but I'm gonna go with Raiders here.
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders, too. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just the Chargers haven't been good. Last week, they had a really bad time management situation. The week before, they got blown <laughs> out. So, I don't know how you can trust them at this moment. Not like, But at the same time, can you really trust the Raiders?
1: Not entirely, because they haven't put up much of a fight, either.
0: Exactly. So, like, they're 7-6 and right now. So, But at this moment, it's a toss-up so you take the Raiders. Uh, we have a Saturday game. Two Saturday games this week. So we're getting football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's going to be a good weekend. <laughs> Bill's at Broncos. The first of the two Saturday games.
1: Broncos had a, a pretty good game last week. But I still got to give it to the Bills this week. I think.
0: Yeah, I think the Bills, the Bills have improved, and they, they're much better than they were a few years ago. And I think again, they're on an upward trajectory. Especially if they just beat the Steelers. Panthers at the Packers.
1: You've got to go Packers. I
0: think we don't have this. to. <laughs> But that is the logical choice, yes.
1: That is the logical choice, yes.
0: The Packers as well. Uh, Niners or Cowboys? This is a tough one.
1: Yeah, uh, neither team looks that great, uh, but got to go with the Cowboys here, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys too. I mean, just the Niners have been banged up way too much, and they've just gone through so much. They can't play in their home stadium. The quarterback's out there. The tight ends out. They have defenders that are out. It's like, can this team ever catch a break?
1: No, they can't. Not this year, at least.
0: And it's a shame, though, because they probably could have put up really good uh, numbers and record-wise, probably found themselves back deep in the playoffs again. Seahawks at Washington.
1: If it were a few weeks ago, would definitely go Seahawks, but I'm gonna go Washington here with the the upset.
0: Yeah, this is one of those gut moves where, um, like you said, Seattle. Have been I think they started five and zero, and over the course of these past few weeks, they have not done so well. And they lost to the Giants two weeks ago, and but then they <laughs> but then they beat up on the other New York team that every team in the league has beat up on. So. Where do you put them? So in this situation, I'm going with Washington. Uh, the Bears at Vikings.
1: I really think the Bears can win this one. That's I think how the offense different. is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we we mentioned it just a couple minutes ago that this team is not the same team that played this Vikings a few weeks ago, and the Vikings team is primarily the same team that they played a few weeks ago. I mean, they did almost lose to the Jaguars two weeks ago. and they, I mean, that game had to go to overtime, so... Whew. Patriots and Dolphins.
1: This is... This is one that I'm going to go gut feeling with and say Patriots.
0: Yeah, um... But you brought up this point earlier once we were talking, um, as we occasionally do. The Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback is the rookie quarterback's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, the Patriots have not been doing well. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins have generally been doing decently well. And people are saying that Brian Flores. A former coach, a former assistant of Bill Belichick, is up in there for Coach of the Year in consideration, which very well could be. I have not studied the field completely to understand who who is and who will not be winning that award. Not that it don't see matters who I think, but it's a deep one. And just for the fact that. Tua is still trying to prove himself. I'm going with the Patriots. All right, I think this next one we can get through pretty fast. Jaguars at Ravens. Ravens? <laughs> I am also going with the Ravens, without a doubt. The Bucks at the Falcons.
1: Ooh. As much as I hate to pick Tom Brady, I'm going to have to pick Tom Brady here.
0: I, my rule is don't pick against Brady.
1: Because
0: so. <laughs> he'll burn you. Just like he did against the Falcons in Super in the Super Bowl.
1: Oof. <coughs> Sorry, Falcons fans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lions at Titans?
1: Oh, man. I'm going to go Titans here. I think Titans are the more complete team for sure.
0: I'm going with the Titans as well. Texans and Colts.
1: After the absolute whooping that the Bears put on the Texans, and given the general disarray that the Texans' roster said, I'm going to go Colts.
0: Colts are just a bad team. Simply putting it that way. I'm yeah, um, going to the Colts. Too. Battle the Birds, Trenton Ingalls at Cardinals.
1: Jalen Hurts has been doing some pretty good things lately, but I'm still going to go with the Cardinals.
0: Too unproven for me at this point. Like he's coming a few plays here or there. Started one game, did re- did well, beat the Saints, but not enough for me to really be fully confident in him right now. So I'm going with the more proven team at the moment, the Cardinals. Uh, this going to be a hard one for you, Trenton. Jets at Rams.
1: How about I go the yeah, the Rams?
0: <laughs> I mean, you had me fooled there for a second. <laughs> no, I'm going for the Rams too. No discussion needed here. Chiefs and Saints.
1: Oh, this is going to be a pretty good game, I think. Uh, whether or not Drew Brees plays, but I'm going to go Chiefs here. <laughs>
0: I think this is probably the first game that we have disagreed on. I am going with the Saints. I just think that Drew Brees is playing. I believe that he is. 85%, 90%. And just, he he's going to provide a boost to that team that they just really need at the moment, even though they have primarily been winning games. He, they need their general back, leading them. And I think they can beat the Chiefs. I just do. Browns at the Giants?
1: I'm going to go Browns here.
0: And same here. Browns. And closing out the week, Monday Night Football, Steelers at the Bengals.
1: Oh, this might have been different if Joe Burrow were still starting, but Steelers.
0: Yeah, I think that the Steelers end their two-game losing streak and beat the Bengals as well. So I think that does it for us, right? Nothing else yes. you want to bring up?
1: No, Any, I believe in that. breaking news
0: you want to break? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We hope you have a great rest of the week. And we hope you'll be back with us next week for another episode. Don't forget to follow us at BillMallon 15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe
1: and wear a mask. Cramps below. Cramps.